Welcome to the Tax Sell Podcast, where tax sell investing is made easy. My name is Casey Dimon. I'm a tax sell veteran. I am the leading tax sell expert. I'm the author of the Tax Sell Playbook. I'm the founder of the Tax Sell Academy, and I'm your host right here on the Tax Sell Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on today's podcast episode. As a reminder, this is a completely free podcast and is brought to you through and because of the Tax Sell Academy. All right, so as the tax sell guy, I frequently get asked tax sell questions, and I love answering these questions. I actually thrive on being able to help others in this business. What I live for, it truly provides so much fulfillment for me, but unfortunately, I hate it when I cannot answer a question the way I really need to. I hate it when my answer begins with the words, in quote, it is depends. Because nobody wants to hear those words. But the fact of the matter is, it does, in fact, depend. When we look at this business, what are we really looking at at the core? We're looking at a business where the county sells either liens or deeds to properties because the owner failed to pay the property taxes. Now, once sold, The county recovers a portion of those back due taxes through that purchase price, and the property will transition into a tax revenue producing status once again, so they can rely on that tax revenue moving forward. As investors, our benefit is secondary to the county's benefit. The county, they're concerned with the taxes. They're not concerned with the tax on investors. They need those taxes in order to meet their budgets to provide the services and amenities that we need and that we expect. And we should all understand that by now. But the county can't just come in and make their own laws when it concerns property taxes. Instead, they're made through state statute. And any changes go through the appropriate committees and are voted on by our elected officials. It's a very lengthy and involved process most of the time. So as you can tell, the answer to many of the questions that I get is it depends on your state. I've always been a huge fan of reading and studying the state statutes in the areas that you're investing in or that you plan to invest in. These laws, these state statutes are the very things that allow us to have a tax sell business in the first place. They're the guide, they're the instructions, the rules to our existence as tax sell investors. I even went as far as curating an encyclopedia of tax sell laws for my academy members. They are extremely important. The next question, of course, is going to be, why are they so important? They're important because they differ. Every single state is slightly different. And those differences can be rather serious. So I wanted to shoot an episode today to discuss just a few of those differences. The fact is that there are plenty of differences besides the ones that we're discussing on today's podcast when you compare one state's tax sell systems to another state's tax sell system. But the ones that we're discussing are going to be the primary ones that you strongly need to take a look at before investing in a different state or taking somebody else's advice when they themselves are not familiar with the state you are investing in. All right, let's take a look at 10 of the key elements that differ amongst states. The first and the most obvious one are the system types. Now, this is not going to be an episode explaining the different types of tax sell systems. I have lots of those, but for the most part, we have four systems. We have the tax lien system, we have the tax deed system, we have the redeemable deed system, we have the hybrid 
type system. This is the process as chosen by the state that they use to handle the properties that have delinquent taxes. We should also note that not all systems are the same. That's very, very important to understand. Just because you have participated in one tax lien state does not mean that the next tax lien state you participate in will be the same because it will likely have something that is different. Keep that in mind. Now, on those same lines is the foreclosure process. In some states, the county will handle the entire foreclosure process for you if you purchase a tax lien. You simply complete the paperwork, send it to the county, and the property is yours a short time later. But in other states, you are the responsible party. You have that tax lien, but who forecloses it? That's you. And you had better hire an attorney to do it for you if you want it done correctly. The same can be said for redemption rights in some states. In some states, they just fall off after a set period of time. In other states, you actually have to remove the former owner's redemption rights. These are all things you want to keep in mind as this greatly impacts your timelines, your expenses, and of course your effort levels to invest in the various states. The next difference is something that has been the cause of a lot of frustration to many people lately, and that's auction format or the allowable auction formats. To this day, some states have laws that require the tax sales be held in person. Other states, they allow sales to be held in any manner, including online. And that's a key issue. You have to think about it, though. When laws for many states were written decades ago, the Internet didn't exist. So it wasn't even thought of at that time. In fact, they were included simply because an in-person sell was probably the preferred method at that time, and the only real alternative would have been a mail-in bid. Now, over the years, many states have modified their laws to include online or electronic sales. Some have even pushed through legislation in the past year due to the pandemic. But obviously, this is something that impacts you and something that varies greatly from one state to the next. The next one, how about dates? It's an important one to know if you plan on bidding in multiple states or if you just want to make sure you time your investments correctly, which is very important for a lot of investors, especially the ones that have limited funds. Some state statutes require sales be held once per year during a specific month or even on a specific day of the year. There's a few states that every single county must hold their auction on the same exact day every year. Other states, they allow the sales to be held just about whenever on a monthly or perhaps bi-monthly basis. It's very important to figure all this stuff out to make sure your timing is correct. And by the way, when it comes to figuring out the dates, I suggest you start a spreadsheet for the areas that you're interested in investing in. All right, the next one, what about remaining liens? How are they handled? In most states, any private party liens that excludes your governmental liens will be extinguished upon tax foreclosure. But be careful and make sure you fully understand what that means. First, a state like New Mexico, that property could still have a few liens, even private party liens that become your responsibility because New Mexico looks at it a little bit differently than most states. Now, outside of that, what is required in order to get those liens extinguished through the tax foreclosure process? Now, in most states, 
the law will require that any lien holders or owners be provided notice of the pending tax foreclosure. And if that notice is not provided, that lien might just remain. So all this differs between states. So make sure you know the laws that you're investing in when it comes to outstanding liens, because in the end, if you don't, it could cost you a heck of a lot of money. All right, the next one. Who handles the sale? In many states, it's handled at the county level. The county takes care of everything. You go directly to them for your list, for your bidding, literally everything when it comes to the tax sale. In other states, there could be a dedicated department of the state government that handles everything. Additionally, some states require that the government handles all aspects of it. Other states, they require an attorney handle all aspects of it. And other states allow any approved third party to handle everything. There are pros and cons, of course, to each one. And in the end, it might not make that much of a difference to you. But just keep this in mind that every state has different requirements when it comes to the handling of the cell itself and you might end up preferring one manner over the other. All right, next one are the challenges to tax sales. And this is likely something referenced in state statute, but determined more so by case law in the area that you are investing in. So in some states, once a tax foreclosure has taken place, it is final. It can never be overturned. And there are multiple places in state statute that dictate that and the courts have followed. In other states, there's a statutory challenge period where the former owner can come in and contest the sale in a court of law and prove that it was not handled according to state statute, perhaps. This is extremely hard to do, and it's actually very rare in most situations. But in some states, likely or not, judges can be very, very lenient to the point of bending the law a little bit even when it comes to the former owners challenging the sale, and they will overturn the sales from time to time. Again, odds are it'll never happen to most investors, but do a little bit of research and understand it can happen, and your odds do increase slightly in specific states. Another difference from state to state revolves around title insurance. Now, there are far too many details to discuss in this podcast, but title insurance can be difficult to get for tax sale properties without additional action. Now, in some states, title insurance companies will consider issuing title insurance against a tax foreclosed piece of property after a set period of time. Now, that period of time is usually related to the ability to challenge the sale in court. As in, after a set date, there are no challenges allowed on any grounds. So, even if the state does not allow a challenge specifically through tax foreclosure laws, there is still a chance that somewhere in the state statutes, under maybe some sort of subcategory of real estate law or something along those lines, they still can challenge it up until a certain date has passed. So what happens is title companies will say, listen, this date is going to be X number of years away. And at that point, we will then issue title insurance on that property. Now, in some states, it could be five or 10 years. In other states, it could be upwards of 20 or 25 years. And this is something you're going to want to research if you're planning on waiting until the required time period has expired before selling the property just so you can get title insurance. 
More often than not, it's not a good idea to wait, but some tax sell investors do take that route. But something to keep in mind if you plan on taking that route. Now, something else that varies from state to state are the allowable bidders. Who can bid and what are the requirements? Some states will allow an agent to bid on your behalf. Others require that you be there to bid yourself. If you're investing using an LLC, a trust, or a corporation, you'd also better check to see what is required in order to do that. Some states will require a copy of the corporate docs or the trust agreement to let you place your bid on behalf of that entity. Now, outside of that, you have some states, such as Michigan, that will not allow bidders who owe delinquent taxes to bid at their tax sales. If you have delinquent taxes on a piece of property that you own, you can't bid. It's that simple. So these are all situations that you need to research and figure out which one might apply to you so you can approach it correctly. And our last difference between states that we're discussing today are going to be the minimum bid amounts. So in the majority of states, the minimum bid is usually the amount of the back due taxes interest, and any fees. That's where the auction will typically start at. In some states, however, they don't use those figures. Instead, they base the minimum bid off of a percentage of the value of that property. Some states even have special situations that will apply. Florida, for example, has higher opening bids for properties that are homesteaded And what they'll do is they'll take the back due taxes, interest, and fees, and then they will add 50% of the assessed value of that property to the opening bid for those specific properties, for the homesteaded properties. Now, we can also look at unsold properties or OTC properties. In some states, the cost of the OTC properties will never, ever change. It will always be the amount of the back due taxes, interest, and fees. In other states, they will come down after a set period of time. They'll reduce it by 10, 20, 30% until they sell that property. In other states, that amount might become negotiable entirely at some point. These are all things that you want to take a look into. So there it is. There are 10 ways that the process varies between states. The truth is there are plenty more variations amongst the tax sale process. And I can tell you from my personal experience investing in many, many states, while the systems themselves might appear similar in some states, no two states are exactly alike. That's why it's very important to review the laws, to perform your own research, and to never approach it as a one-size-fits-all type approach. Every state is in fact different, and many of the questions that you might have will be answered with the words, it depends. So please take the time, dig into your state, do some research, explore around, call the county if you have to, and see how your state could differ from other states. I truly hope that this episode has helped you out. If it did, please take just a few seconds out of your day to leave us some positive feedback on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to us on right now. And if you enjoy our free trainings like this one, but are looking for more in-depth trainings, I can promise you that you will love the Taxel Academy. And you can learn more about the Taxel Academy by going to taxcellacademy.com. We'll see you next time right here on the Taxel Podcast. Take care. Bye-bye.